episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected is brought to you by Bridgeside Medical Clinic, Chesapeake Integrated Behavioral Healthcare, and Edgar Casey's ARE. Now more than ever, we have an opportunity to be a positive force in the world, to help heal the divide, to treat each other and ourselves with respect. But with so many tools out there, from meditation to physical training, proper nutrition, therapy, and so many others, we all need a little help navigating all the options. Join us as we share in-depth information, insights, and thought-provoking discussions that will help answer your questions about how to stay calm, cool, and connected during these times. Welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected, your guidebook to peace of mind. Hello, and welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected. I'm your host, Dr. Elizabeth Bedrick. There is nothing that drives a parent crazier than their child getting up for the 10th time after being put to bed. Oh my goodness. By the end of the day, we are all tired, exhausted, irritable, just desperate for that 10 minutes of downtime. I totally get it. However, the reason your child keeps getting up might not be as simple as you think. We often think that our kid is out just to drive us crazy, but maybe there's more to the story. Here to share with us about that is our next guest, licensed master social worker, and she also specializes in child and adolescent therapy, meaning she's talked to parents once or twice about this topic. Morgan is a therapist who uh, works with in the parent-child relationship and also works with children directly. So hi, Morgan. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. So children having difficulties falling asleep is such a common topic uh, in the therapy room. We, we know this, whether it's children, teens, across the whole gamut, this comes up as an issue. Tell us a little bit about this. Besides their motivation being to drive their parents insane, what else might be going on? Your introduction said it perfectly. I feel like at every single intake I have with parents, the topic of sleep constantly comes up and there is so much frustration around it of where are they avoiding bedtime? We have this perfect routine that we set up, but why can't we follow through with it? And why is there so much pushback and resistance? So from what I've seen once I'm working with the child and the parent is once we peel back those layers, there tends to always be some anxiety about going to bed. And that can look for so many different reasons, but anxiety tends to always be present when it comes to getting a child of any age to bed. Interesting. So how does anxiety in children manifest in general? We know that often this looks like behavioral concerns is so bedtime being one of those concerns. And so parents get frustrated because they believe this is a behavior issue. But how is anxiety actually manifesting in a lot of kiddos? Yeah, that can happen in so many different ways. So I've seen it to where a kiddo of any age has a really bad association with bedtime. So even if they are anxious before bed for any particular reason, that really bad night sleep and that association with the bedtime really reinforces that behavior, which brings that big pushback that parents are seeing and that push and pull time before bedtime. Typically in preschoolers, anxiety before bed can look like fear of the dark, a lot of separation from that period when it is time to go to bed and not being able to regulate themselves alone before bedtime. As you start to get in the older ages of children, that can look like anxiety on what school's going to look like the next day, social fears and social anxiety, a lot of anxiety around work and school stress that's coming up. And also that still can be a lot of separation anxiety before bedtime for kids even older. Definitely. And when you're working on this 
with children or parents when you're working on this in therapy, who do you usually direct the onus to? So who so frequently, whether it is they won't stay in bed or they have a big tantrum when it's time for bed, are you directing your work often more towards the child or more towards the parent? Equally both. A lot of my work with the child is helping challenge those negative thoughts that they're having before bedtime and really giving them the healthy coping skills. But also for the parent, that's one, validating their frustrations on how difficult bedtime can be for them, but really giving them the tools to help explore what those like those anxious thoughts are with the kiddo and giving them the tools to edit and alter that bedtime routine a little bit more to be there with the kiddo to ensure that everything is being executed in a perfect way to help guide both of them to make this easier for everyone, get the kid asleep faster and help the parents be there to regulate that. So that bedtime routine can finally go a little bit more smoothly. So what would be maybe like for parents listening right now, maybe like three tips that we could give them of how to make this bedtime process smoother maybe we will go from getting up 10 times to seven or five or you know slowly decrease it but what would be maybe three tips that you would give to help parents yeah I think a lot of that too can be tailored towards like what those anxious thoughts are for the kiddo but I feel like three broad ones that are always super helpful are spending a little bit more time with the kiddo at that time so instead of providing a lot of shame towards the bedtime or really reinforcing it and not being supportive through that process. I think it's good for them to kind of unfortunately sacrifice a little bit more time of the day to really guide them through and be supportive, whether that's more pillow talk or you guys are engaging in a fun, relaxing activity before bedtime together, I think is always super helpful, but providing more of like an experience together. So whether that's you're doing healthy coping skill with them to kind of reassure them that it's okay and to get through that together or doing activities such as positive affirmations together. Big Life Journal particularly has a ton of really good positive affirmations before bedtime resources on their website that I guide parents to and that's always a fun little activity. But lastly, a really good one is creating that to be a really safe space for them. Mm, or without nice. adding a sound machine or some kids really do enjoy essential oils or a little glow in the dark jar that they can have to do deep breathing techniques with. So I try to also like let's alter the space to be a little bit more safer for them and engage some of their senses more and create a relaxing experience for them. I love that. When you say coping skills, can you elaborate on that a little bit for what exactly is a coping skill and how is this applicable to children? Yeah, I think some really great ones are like one, always deep breathing. So even if you guys have a fun, cute, creative way that you engage in deep breathing together, it's always great. I find that body scans are really helpful for younger kiddos as well. So whether they're listening to a body scan or the parent is guiding them through it and creating a relaxing experience together, I think that's great. I also think like just drawing and journaling before bed, maybe a gratitude journal together or just coloring and drawing together as like a little mindful activity. I think those are some really great basic coping skills that the parent and child can do together as well. Yeah, those are great ideas. In your experience working with children and teens, 
with sleep. Do you feel like there's any truth to the saying about, you know, smart children maybe don't get as much sleep because their minds are always racing, their minds are always processing? Is, is, does that, is there any validity to that based on your work with children and teens? I think there is a little bit of truth behind that as far as the sense of our minds are always racing, right? Like that is the first time of the day that any child is really resting and having mindful time. They're off electronics for the first time and they're finally processing their day. So I think when I hear that, it comes up as like, my mind doesn't stop racing or like my mind just can't cut off at the end of the day. So I think some helpful activities for that are getting off electronics at an early time and starting to implement those relaxing activities to slow the mind down a little bit more. Yeah, great point. Can you tell us again the the website that you had referenced for the resources? What was that website? Big Life Journal. Okay, and that is age-appropriate across, does it span ages? It does. So it spans as young as four all the way up to teenage years they have. So they actually have like really great podcasts that are interesting for the child to listen to as well as the parent. And they have both resources for children and the parent. So some great resources for the parent as far as growth mindset and ways that they can help their child go to sleep. But then they also provide age appropriate journals for the child as well. And that can even go from sleep all the way to just different growth mindset techniques, et cetera, for the child as well. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to check that out myself. Are there any additional tips? So thank you. This has been really informative. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you think parents should know about sleep? I think my biggest suggestion would be Although it might seem like avoided behaviors or defiant behaviors before bedtime, if there even is a routine already set up and you feel like you've set your child up for success in every way to have that patience to explore some other options and that there might be an underlying factor to your kiddo not going to sleep, although it might seem like more time of engaging on electronics, et cetera, that they're dying for, there might be something underneath there. Yes. Always more to the story. Thank you so much, Morgan. I appreciate you coming on. Okay. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. And thank you all for tuning into this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected. Please make sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram, and also make sure you rate and subscribe to our podcast so that others can discover our content as well. Thank you so much for joining and have a great day.